Hey guys, this is Brandon DeVere, and you're listening to the Learn For Two podcast. So here's the thing. After being in the real estate industry for over a decade, I realized the old model was broken. There was no way out, no end in sight. So I decided to ditch the masses and create my own opportunity. One that would put myself and others in a position to retire when we want to. This podcast is my journey to teach as many people as possible to do the same. My name is Brandon DeVere, and welcome to the Learn For Two podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Two Podcast. This is Brandon Devere. I am sitting here with Nate and Griff of Mojave Brewing Company. They have been so gracious to let us come in and, and have a chat. So we're just going to get right into it. Uh, can you guys just give us an idea of how you got into owning a brewery or just kind of your backstory prior to that? Okay. Go sure. In 1992, I got out of the Navy and I was working my way through college. And I was working at a coffee shop that was right across the street from a brewery. And I'd give the guys a free coffee. And then after I finished my shift, I'd go and have a, a beer for free over at their brewery. And about six months later, they were like, well, Griff, why don't you try doing some brewing? We'll show you what you need to do. And after that, I never looked back. Oh, wow. So that's how I started brewing. 1992. Okay. A long, long time ago. So you were, so over, it was just like home brewing? Or yeah, home brewing? absolutely. Yep. I started doing home brewing. Um, the guys were really cool about letting me see what they were doing. Um, the brewery was Bell's Brewery, which is now sort of grown to be coast to coast. But back then, it boy. was about a ten square foot space. Well, they they have the Oberon, right? Yes, yes right. Okay. Yeah, I just saw. I actually took Oberon days. Yeah, there's a back in Michigan. That's my hometown, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. So that's where I went back to do my college after I finished my military stuff. Okay, awesome. Actually, there's a picture of my phone right now of the. Uh, at the mini mart by our house, uh, there is, I have a friend that just moved back from Michigan, and he was telling me about it. And there's uh, they, they're selling like the mini cake. Yeah, the little cake. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I've seen all sorts of cool stuff, like people making lamps out of them after they finish. Oh, cool. Cake and stuff like that. It's cool. Fun. Awesome. They're beautiful. They paint them differently every year, I guess. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. He just when he found out that we actually had it here, he was like, "What? This is crazy!" But yeah. that's awesome. That uh, that's kind of where he started out, and they were that cool. To, yeah, they to were that. very, very cool about that. Yeah, awesome. And then, uh, Nate, for you, like, when did you start um, your first taste of brewing? So, I started brewing my own beer about seven years ago, home brewing. Um, I've always loved beer. Uh, I grew up in Germany for a little while of my life. So, you know, being a 14-year-old kid in Europe, <laughs> I was able to sneak a beer here and there, yeah. you know. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're watching. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I kind of got my first taste really young. Um, but it was legal over there at 14, yeah. so. And then um, one of my buddies about seven years ago was like, hey, you thought of homebrewing, and he showed me. I, I went homebrew with him, and then I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then, like, the next week I went and bought all the equipment and fixed it up and rigged a bunch of stuff and kind of got to where I am now, so. That's awesome. That, that's awesome. And in a previous life, um, your, before you actually opened up the brewery here, you were both in the education system, correct? That's right. And it was just one of those, uh, you know, we kind of had a brief conversation offline a little bit about how, you know, kind of kind of following the passion a little bit, uh, getting into something yep. that was, uh, that, I mean, I, I consider this an art. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys do as well. I mean, you look yeah, at the, we do too. You look at the, the list of beers here and it's, it's amazing uh, what you guys have and, and where you've been going. So how, how long has the brewery been open? We opened uh, February 2nd this year. Oh, wow. 
so zero two zero two twenty twenty. That was our little groundhog's day. Yeah, groundhog's day. So well, if Griff sees his shadow, you know. So that's how that's how we do it. We knew it was time to open. That's how we shadow. I woke up. Awesome, awesome. And what? So we're out here in Henderson on Water Street. Uh, what made you choose this location? That's a good question. I looked down uh, town very seriously and um, in a number of other locations around Henderson. And uh, when I came to Water Street, I had a really great uh, conversation with uh, Linda Lovelady. Uh, and she pointed out a lot of the benefits that were here. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to set up some meetings with uh, some government people here in Henderson. and. I found myself getting done in one afternoon what had taken me three months to get done downtown. And I, at that point, I, I, I couldn't not. I mean, it was, just, it was just wonderful to see things coming together so easily yeah. and um, to find a government that was very, very excited about um, having another brewery here. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, once I started to understand uh, a little more about this area and the community that came out to greet me, the people that showed interest, um, the friends that I made as we started building here, um, it just continued to be a great sign that this was the right place and another great uh, idea that might come into play on Water Street. We just never stopped falling in love with the idea of being here and uh, providing beer to this area of the city. Well, even driving up here and, and parking, it, it has that old, like we discussed before, I'm from a very small town, like 1,800,000 people, um, and it has that kind of small town feel. And uh, I came in here last week with my wife and we just we parked on the street where it's not, you know, but down there, Henderson has a little bit of a different feel than, you know, going into like the, the shopping basically the, the strip mall area where you just, just pop in. So it has that kind of feel already and how I was referred referred to you guys, a friend of mine, uh, Mark, and he said, hey, you gotta go, gotta go talk to these guys and, and see what they're doing. I love what they're doing. And that's already a word of mouth thing. Yeah, and in a, in a time where like right now we're not really able to do much word of mouth, but that that's, says uh, the kind of impact you've already had on someone to be like, hey, you gotta go check this out. and. Obviously, we know your what is to is to make beer. That's 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 what you guys do. You make beer. Uh, but the story that Mark told me that brings this place alive and brings the story to this place was uh, he was out here, his uh, out on the patio out there with uh, his family and kids, and uh, you happened to walk up to him and said, "This is what this is. This is why <laughs> this place exists. This was my vision." Yeah. Can you explain a little bit more about that, like your vision, what you want? To, to happen here in, in, the, in the community that you're trying to build within within the brewery. You want to take a run at that? Yeah, you started. I mean, I think, I mean, that's the biggest thing with the brewery here in Mojave. We we did want a sense of community, and that's what brought us to downtown Henderson as well. It's the community here was so welcoming. Like he said, you know, Henderson, the city of Henderson got so much done in one day that the city of Vegas took three months. Yeah. And so we kind of knew right then and there that we wanted to build a you know a community, be a part of this community. So when we see families, you know, with their kids, you know, having some pizza, you know, hanging out, drinking some beers, you know, the, the adults, obviously, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that is kind of exactly what we wanted this place to be. We wanted to feel welcoming. We wanted people to come and enjoy the atmosphere, um, a place.
place to kind of escape and get away. I mean, especially right now with you know, COVID, this is like a, a nice place to kind of get somewhat some normalcy. And uh, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of attaining that. Yeah. So, I don't know if you have. I I think you covered it really well. I um I I want to have a place that is not a, a bar, but is more a um, place to land after a hard day's work. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, little you know, uh, families can come. Little Joey can grab an ice cream at Purple Penguin, and um, Big Joey can walk down. Yeah, Big Joey can walk down here and and grab himself a stout, and they can sit together on the patio. We want this place to be welcoming and, and a a comfortable, relaxing spot. Um, and uh, and and we like that people stay for a little while and have a meal and. Yep. You know, of course, we, we love that they drink our beer and cider, but um, but we also love the fact that this is a this is kind of a home base for starting your day or your evening on Water Street. We love that. Well, I love how you talk about like incorporating other businesses so they can go out and go to Purple Penguin, which is exactly right. we went and got a Dole Whip after we left here the other right. day because we you know we live in you know the Southwest area, but you know we're rarely ever out here than for my daughter's soccer tournaments, and that's going out and going. Play on the field, then go back home, or mm -hmm. go eat somewhere else. <clears throat> but not really down here. But what we like instinctively, what we just wanted to do was go, hey, let's just go walk around for a minute and see what's going on. What's going on? So, you know, we we did that. But then also incorporating other businesses. As far as you guys are not, you don't have a kitchen here, correct? Nope. nope. But you still serve food, and nope. uh, and that was uh, it was a Water Street Pizza, correct? Yep, that you guys are, are partnered with, and and that it, it just it, I think it's so awesome to create that community within the community of Absolutely. business owners wanting to work together, and instead of saying, "Hey, we're going to come in here, we're going to be the big boys on the block, we're going to serve all the beer, we're going to have all the, the kitchen," now yeah. you're taking it all. <clears throat> yeah, take it all. Yeah. You create a partnership with somebody else that's going to be, "Hey, you guys want to sit down here, or do you go down and have down the street and have a beer? We'll, we'll bring it to you." Right. I think I think that's an awesome place to be. Um, I've seen that happen quite a bit in. Uh, I know that they do that quite a bit up in the Seattle area, yes. uh, just because that's yeah. I visit there quite often. Uh, but I've seen that. But what was, what was that like? Did you you guys just go and say, "Hey, we want to serve food. You guys want to deliver to us, and we'll serve the beer. You guys serve the food." Well, we we had a really great opportunity, um, and uh, Jim approached us. We knew that we wanted to partner with um, a restaurant. Uh, we knew that we weren't going to have the facilities to do a full kitchen. Here um, and um, and so Jim uh, came down from Water Street Pizza and suggested that we work this way. We had been looking from our side at the idea of what it would take to do a virtual kitchen, um, and so it, it, it's another example of how things just fit together perfectly for us. Um, and again, just one of those things where it just felt right putting the two companies together. And it's it's, it's been wonderful. Out. Yeah, it really well. Am I leaving anything out in that? I mean, no, I think it's great. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, we were. I think we were kind of both looking. You know, he was looking to extend his smaller restaurant to get more seats, and we were kind of looking for, you know, a, a, a way that we could have food and get people to kind of hang here longer to still relax and opposed to having just like, oh, all we can get here is beer. So I'm going to have a beer and then I'm going to go eat. Yeah. It's nice that we can have families come in. And Get the pizzas and the mozzarella sticks, and everything can come right down here. They can relax and you know have everything they need right in one spot. So. 
Yeah, I think that's awesome. I, I just love when business owners are, are working together to try and you know figure figure something out. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's very cool. So you, you mentioned that everything worked out kind of perfectly. So fast forward from 2020 yeah. to let's say a month ago, where yeah. two months ago, where things weren't yeah. and, and not yeah. necessarily still aren't perfect, but now all of a sudden you're hit with that. You're dream, here's your dream. You're opening this brewery. You partner with the right people. You've got everything golden, and then boom! All of a sudden yeah. you're going, what? What do we do? Uh, a lot of people, uh, and this is an interesting perspective because I've interviewed quite a few people who have been in business for a long time, and then now they got a shift. Uh, but now you guys have been, you got started, correct? And right away you have you have to you have to shift to what what's going on. What changes did you guys make uh, to kind of keep things rolling and keep top of mind for people when it was pretty much not able to do, nobody able to do anything? Um, we had difficult times making some um, really hard choices. Uh, it was painful to tell our staff that we had to put them on, on hold yeah. until this passed by. We've since been able to rehire all of our staff. In fact. Awesome. Higher plus more, more. Yeah. more staff, which is nice. Um, and we had a really hard couple of days making some difficult decisions of how we were going to do this. Um, I, I'm going to sound like a Henderson government fanboy again <laughs> just by saying this, yep. but we had some really great conversations with Henderson government as far as what they would allow us to do uh, within the directives of the governor and what our licensing was for. And so we were able to keep our lights on and pay a few bills by um, doing curbside and filling growlers and filling howlers, which are the half-size growlers. Oh, okay. We call them howlers because our coyote mask. Oh, okay. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Right. And, and, um, and, and from there, we had a, a little bit of money set aside because we had had a really good month. Right. And... Um, we had to make some tough choices, and and you know I I wanted to grab and hold on to everything and just wait it out because then I was like okay we can last until this month yeah. if we hold on to all our money and maybe make a little bit on and Nate was like no we've got to be bold about this and we really have to push and so we bought a canning machine which allowed us to provide some cans yes yeah. another vessel you know, you know yeah. another, another means by which we could sell and and you know we started brewing beer again which was you know our, it was difficult to spend money to actually brew beer when you weren't sure whether you were going to be allowed to sell it. Yeah. And it really was a day-by-day -day thing with the government. So are we doing what we need to be doing to keep everyone happy? And yes, you are, okay. And then the next day, are we gonna be closed down today? Is this, and yeah. those first few weeks were scary. extremely scary that way. We took one day, you know, the governor came out and said, this is what's going on. And we were kind of like, that's tough. You know, the next day we kind of, cried a little bit, you yeah. know, and yeah. uh, weren't yeah, quite we sure what was going to happen with the business. And then the 19th, we had the discussions together and the discussions with the city and decided like, okay, we're good to go for curbside. And that kind of, we ran with that for the last eight weeks before opening back up for at 50%. So. 
and we're, we're so fortunate that uh, Henderson allowed us to be open and allowed us to do to exercise that aspect of our licensure. Um, and um, with that helping us, we were able to, um, I don't know, keep our morale high, keep the customer base yeah. aware of what was going on. We really used uh, social media a lot um, to let people know what was happening. Um, at one point, we had a uh, group of um, customers start a GoFundMe page for us. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. and, which and was cool. With, without and which was so, yeah, no, uh, they just you know, wanted to make sure that we were okay. Yeah. And so they started one for us, and, and, awesome. and which which was an incredible compliment and helpful. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. You know, and so we're incredibly grateful that way for, for those people helping us out. But we saw our way through to the point where we could start opening our doors again. And so at this point, you know, we were at 50% and we had spaced out our tables. We were ready to go. We had, you know, what else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> when you really want to open, you move the tables around and you're like, okay, it's going to look this way. No, we want it to look this way. And, yeah. You know, we, we did. Several movements. Put <laughs> yeah. it over there. No, over here. Over here. Over there. Like, when we can open, this is going to be great. And so we got our 50%. And then with the most recent iteration, we're able now to sit at the bottom with spacing. And um, it's it's been a great transition. Um, I, I hadn't realized how much I missed talking with people across the bar mm -hmm. and walking into our room here and seeing people sitting at tables. Yeah. And like you mentioned, it's a lot coming in with his family. And he was like, you know, I brought my whole family in and we're sitting at a table. And I'm like, this is exactly what we need to see. Yeah. This, is, this is great for us. Yeah. And it's exactly what the city needs to see. They need to see families out enjoying the lunch and, you know, having a beer or cider too. Yep. Well, this is like, there. you dropped so many nuggets in there that kind of give me, I don't know, goosebumps kind of about what it, what it's like. Again, I mentioned I come from a small town and it's yeah. it's a very tight-knit community. Um, you can't, my wife doesn't like to go to the store with me up there because I go to grab a six-pack and she's like, go by yourself because she knows I'll be there for a few hours <laughs> because people, <laughs> hey, just, people just want to talk. Hey. That's, yeah, they're like, hey, you know, how's it going? And if you move to Vegas and they think like this nice. huge, awesome thing that, that you're doing down there or whatever. But, you know, you mentioned the, the, the communication with, you know, the city of Henderson and getting, and getting connected with them, how they're on point. Um, the, the conversation of, you know, being business partners, like a true partnership is, hey, you know what? I think we should honor our money. No, you know what? We need to double down. We need to do this now, and being able to come together like that—that that just just being that um, in the business from the inside out, going out to everybody coming in here, and, and Mark sitting out here with his family, and having the beer and everything—I uh, think the, incredibly awesome. That like, it really feels like you guys are building a community here, uh, and again, having people coming out and hey, here we're going to start a GoFundMe for you. Not and a lot, of, you know, not because you guys asked them. Because that, that shows, it's a testament to what you guys have already done in such a short amount of time uh, to get that going. Uh, but with all the changes that have been going on, are there any that you think that um, you, you've adopted, such as curbside, uh, that might be long-term now, like in the future? We've kind of thought a little bit about continuing curbside, um, and maybe in the future we can bring it back. Uh, it's just curbside does take more staff just to run that side mm -hmm. of it and we were kind of scared to 
I mean, we're still, I mean, we hired like one extra person beyond what we, what we initially had. And, um, but we're kind of scared to hire even more because we still don't know what if something again happens next week. And it's like, oh, nope, sorry, we're back to phase zero and everybody shut down. And it's like, okay, well, I just hired these guys. Um, so we're still a little hesitant and weary about kind of moving forward on something like that. And, and when, when my guy and my partner here who has that bullish attitude <laughs> is saying, well, let's be bullish, but let's really consider, yeah, yeah. It, it speaks to me. And I, I will say this, we do have people that continue to be at risk or, or high risk mm -hmm. for COVID and they've reached out to us and they're like, we're really disappointed that you can't do the curbside. You're asking us to come in and buy growlers because I just can't do that with yeah. my husband as a high risk person. And we, we well, deal with that on, a, yeah, on an individual by individual basis. We really loved the response that people had to doing curbside. And I think that in the future we will have curbside but it will be after we get to some normalcy just in running a business, this business. Yeah. and once we have a feel for what it's like to be 100% again, um, because we had such a short period of time running at 100%, um, then we'll start reaching out in that direction. Because there are those factors, you know, that's, that's more beer that we produce, which is no problem because we'll, we love to sell beer and cider, but um, also the um, the staffing that we have to maintain and the rules that we're going to have for where people can park and things because we'll have oh, to yeah. keep spaces yeah. open and things. But you know, it gets into the nitty gritty. I mean, we can talk about that more. But I, I mean, in general, um, that was a really tough decision for us to not do that. Yeah. Um, as far as um, bringing people in and being a little more careful about um, how people sit, how people occupy tables, whether we allow tables to be moved together. Um, generally speaking, people are exercising a lot of common sense. Yeah. And I think that while we will go to 100% occupancy, I think that those let's not push all the tables together or let's be a little yeah. more careful about how we queue up for our beers and things like that will stay around and i think that's kind of the new normal that we're just all adjusting to um it's difficult for our servers behind the bar they have to wear the masks and they're hot and it's uh, uncomfortable after an hour of wearing yeah. it you want to tear it off um but i i don't know at what point we're going to be able to say, no, we're going to take them off because really, truly, we're, we're, we're trying to be safe. Yeah. And we're trying to exercise common sense in a situation, in, a, in an atmosphere where we want to be comfortable, but I don't want to serve you through both through glass either. Yeah. You know, I want you to feel like we're back to normal, but we do have some things that, that we're factoring in to stay, uh, stay careful. Okay, well, another thing that you, you just reminded me of talking about, you know, you have no problem brewing more beer, brewing more beer. When you mentioned earlier that it was like touch and go, it was, hey, today we're good, tomorrow we're not. Yeah. Um, like, that's gotta be scary because it's not like, it's not, you didn't, you didn't order a steak throw on the grill and serve it to somebody. Like this is, I mean, what is, what is the brew time? Like two weeks? I mean, how long does it take for you to brew a batch? I think it's safe to say, um, a three-week to a month cycle. 
Okay. But most yeah, of our beers, some of them are longer, some yeah. of them are shorter, but I'd say three weeks to a month. Three. Yeah, so, so you, we're feeling bullish about what's going to happen in a month, <clears throat> or trying to be bullish when we didn't know whether we were going to be able to continue to sell beer, Correct. Um, or perhaps have people in, I mean, there were rumors circulating about like, well, it's going to be August before we get to open our doors again, things of that nature, so. That would have been tough. Yeah, <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> so, so you bought the canning machine, and so now you can, I'm assuming you obviously buy the cans here. Can you buy them at any, are they any other local spot? Well, so the canner we got is more of a seamer, um, so it's an individual can that we fill straight from our tap. Oh, okay. Put okay. the lid on, and it seals it, seams it, keeps it fresh. Um, so we don't, we still don't have the capacity to do bulk distribution of our cans. Um, that is a, <laughs> we've had this conversation it's since the COVID thing. It's been an ongoing discussion. Like, you know, if we get some, you know, some loan money from the government for the shutdown, you know, should we invest in a larger canner yeah. to have another means of income if this happens again. And that's one unfortunate thing we didn't have is, you know, a lot of other breweries have the canners that they're selling at the grocery store. So they still make money off the cans going out at the grocery store. We did not. So all we had was literally it's curbside, you know, jumping over that little wall over there hundred times a day, you know, with growlers and howlers and cans in my hands. That's all, that's the only income we had for two months. I mean, 75 grand uh, is kind of on the lower side of those canners. Yeah. And that's a big money to spend right now. Oh yeah. And, uh, so it's one of those, what do we do type situations. So we hope to get there sooner or later. But yeah, we hope sooner than later, I think. Um, this has shown us the freedom that having a production line of that nature can afford um, in the business plan that we designed um, it was definitely something that we were going to consider at the end of a great year or at the end of three years after yeah. you know moderate success and now we're looking at it because we've seen other breweries in the area and the freedom that afforded them to do special release cans, which brought a lot of sales or um, continued sales towards like the big box stores and things like that. Um, and, and so it's, and, and this is, this is one of those things that I guess the new normal is starting to help us as business people start to, in the brewing industry at least, start to recognize is that we have to readjust what we see as a successful business model. Is it canning because not just of the cans, but because of the freedom that it affords us if we ever have a future shutdown yeah. to continue some way to get our product to the market? Yeah, another revenue stream is basically what it is. Yeah. yeah. You would need something like these times. So. Yeah, this, this definitely has shown that it's a necessity to have, you know, yeah. something else. Uh, you know, yeah, I think, I think that's fair to say that. I think the uh, canning line, um, if you can at all afford it in this industry, is, is a necessity. It's yeah, something that you just, you know, it's, it's one more tool to allow us to stay open. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so we're kind of talking about what's what's coming up in the future um, mm -hmm. and some ideas you have in your head right now. What 
What has you guys most excited about the future? Uh, I mean, especially coming from, it wasn't like you, you came out and knocked it out of the park for three years, had no issues, and all of a sudden got hit with this adversity. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like adversity is, is great as long as you decide that you're going to grow from it rather than crumble from it. And obviously, you guys have taken the growth aspect of it, trying to figure out how to navigate through it. Uh, although it's a bummer that, that this happened now, I mean, in 10 years, you might look back and say that, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to us because it put us in a position to where we needed to step outside and go, now we're using a canner. Uh, now we're doing this, now we're doing that. Uh, but what has you most excited about the future coming up next six months, next six years, whatever? You want to go first? You want me to? Uh, well, I, yeah, I got a couple. Of I, say, I was just going to talk about, I mean, near future, I was going to talk about distribution. Yeah. Um, so right before the whole shutdown, we were having, you know, we, we had a meeting scheduled with our distributors uh, to start distributing our cakes to restaurants and other places. That hit, and I was like, uh, <laughs> you know. So luckily, you know, two weeks ago, we were able to sit down with them again and set up a plan to actually start getting our cakes out to bars and, and restaurants throughout Vegas and Henderson. So I think that's, I, I mean, I'm super excited about that. You know, the, the beers that are going to be, you know, you're going to see our tap handles now at, you know, different bars throughout the entire you know, city. And that, I think that's exciting. I'm excited to walk into a bar one day like, Hey, I made that beer. Yeah, that's a cool. Thing. You know, I'm excited for that. It's so like a, like a band hearing their song on the radio exactly. for the first time, right? Yeah, yeah awesome. absolutely. So I'm excited for that. I mean, that's a near future, um, but obviously there's way more things that we're excited about. And I'm excited about the, you know, enjoying this community the way that I know that they can celebrate and and have a great summer and just live life. Um, we weren't open for the Christmas parade. Uh, the the St. Patrick's Day parade got canceled. Um, I can't wait to really enjoy what Water Street has to offer as a community because people are still a little tentative about coming out and really uh, seeing what's out on Water Street again. And so as we see more businesses able to open, as we see more people walking up and down the street, I, I, I just, I can't wait to see uh, the change that's happening here continue rather than go on hold and, and, then, and, and then hopefully begin again. It's nice to see that it's starting up again. We've got the stadium going on down the street. Um, that build is is making people very, very excited about what we have to offer down here. Um, Silver Knights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's really got me excited. And then with that, um, we've got so much beer that we want to make. I mean, right. we constantly discuss and sometimes argue what's next, <laughs> what, what we're going to do next, but I wanted to do this one. And, you know, there's a beer I've been waiting for now three months to make. And um, I know that Nate has a beer that he's been waiting for easily six months to make. Um, so, I mean, we just have so much great beer to make. And, and so I'm excited to... You know, make some make yeah. some new beers. Show people yeah. what we can do. You know, really Absolutely. have a chance to really show who we are. Well, on that topic, who? What is the the top seller? I mean, you you have a top seller. That's a good question. Um, of course, I I posted that I was in here last week uh, yeah. on one of the one of the groups that we have, um, and this guy tells me he goes, "Yeah, the Goondocks is awesome." Nice. And so my wife had the Goondocks. 
And he, so he said that. And I go, oh, my, my wife had the goo duck. And he's like, are you telling me that I drink like girl beer? But he was, he was joking. They go yeah. back and forth. Uh, because I had the hazy. Well, that's yeah. what I had. The, the hazy and the dusky dawn. Okay. Um, nice. Are the two that I had last time. And I, I like to try all, I like most any beers. So I like to try, um, especially like your creations and things like that. But then Mark was telling me about, there was the, the shotgun wedding he told me. He said that people just are crazy for it. Yeah, and it's a, a it's got a it's kind of following. It's, 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 it's well, it's not jalapeno, but it's um it's more of a serrano pepper heat, okay. a clean heat. Um, when you do jalapeno in beer, it tends to bring a citrus out. Oh. Um, and so we'll do jalapeno pepper, but I wanted when I designed that recipe, and it's been a recipe that I brought from my home brewing days. Okay. Um, I wanted it to have a clean heat, so the raspberry would really taste like raspberry. Oh, okay, so and we'll so we so yeah, but yeah. It, but that pepper heat is definitely there. I wouldn't say that's our our best seller. No, um, but it, um, it's definitely got a following. Yeah, right now, I mean, IPAs uh, are just the, probably the top sellers at most. Uh, you know, most most breweries, I and mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't change here. Um, so we've got two IPAs that sell very very well. Um, the newest one being the Hazy that you were talking about. That's been with that's been on for about a week and a half, okay. and it's been selling very, very well. Um, so that's, those ones are probably our top sellers. Um, but again, it's it's, it's kind of hard to see what our flagships are going to be just yet. Yeah. Yeah. We're still six weeks of actually being open 100% to being shut down for two months. <laughs> you know, So it's kind of hard to see what the customers are enjoying as of now. But we'll get there. I mean, give us another few months. We'll definitely have uh, things under the belt that will be flagships and and whatnot. So. Yeah, and it's a it's a constant source of discussion because it's hard to retire a beer that we love. Yeah. but we'll see one go away and then another that that will stay for Take a long place. time. And we'll have seasonal beers. I, you know, um, the ciders sell really well. Yeah, we've got so. to keep our ciders on. We're enjoying. We're enjoying a lot of success with um, uh, a few of our cider flavors. We've got some new ones that are coming along. We're actually working on one today that's really going to be fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think the IPAs. Yeah, well, what's funny is that I'm from the Northwest, and every time I go home, um, my cousin used to live like right on Capitol Hill, where we just walk down the street, and there's like four different like breweries and stuff like that. But we went there. And they have their like, the list of beers on the TV, right? And it's like, t- I'll take tap, like, 47. It was like 96 beers on tap or something like that. And easily probably 60% of them were IPAs. And I got kind of IPA, IPA out for a while because it just seemed like people were just going, IPA, how many hops can I throw in there? And I'd have one and my tongue would be burnt. You know, it was like I just burnt my tongue on coffee. Um, but that hazy, I was like, you know, my wife, she doesn't like, she doesn't like IPA. She doesn't like hoppy beer. And I had her taste that. She's like, oh, that's actually really good because it had like some good citrus to it. Yeah. And it wasn't overpowering with the hops where it was like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to enjoy anything after this. So I will, uh, I will vouch for that, uh, nice. for the hazy. It was awesome. really good. So if you get a chance to come Thank check you. that out, definitely do it. Thanks for that. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So with uh, the idea of the COVID kind of having people work at home and there's been Twitter that's now allowing people to work at home and a lot of people are experiencing working at home. I, I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that. Are, do you guys feel that this is going to be a place where people can, you know, maybe they come here for a couple hours of their day and get some work done here at the brewery? Absolutely. Um, we've always hoped that we would be a point at which 
we would fill a space at the end of a work day where people might want to finish up on some emails or what have you while they have a pint and wait for friends to arrive and then go out to dinner or something of that nature. Um, and now with this um, setting for workers, um, we continue to have a really welcoming environment where people can spread out and um, do some work and and you know we had it set up so that we'd fill that little gap the, the 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. sort of gap uh, and and now if that turns into okay I'm gonna go from noon until 2 p.m. and get some work done and have a pint and then get lunch and then finish up at home or what have you uh, that that would be wonderful for us. We'd love that. And we continue to welcome that. Absolutely. Um, Nate was uh, was talking with me about our bar a while back, and um, we made a point of making this bar a lot longer and wider so that people will have space to spread out and set up a laptop and do that work. We welcome that sort of activity. That's awesome. <clears throat> that's that's great foresight too. To think about somebody putting their laptop, and not even just just the laptop. I mean, they, they have other stuff. They might have a notebook out or something. Right. All that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's incredible foresight, and and even to do that prior to the, this scenario yeah, where exactly. where there's going to be a lot of people. I think that will end up. You know, maybe they go maybe they go to a coffee shop in the morning, <clears throat> get a little bit of work done, go home, do a little bit more work, and then like you said, come out here, finish up their work day, that's and then cool. go out to dinner or whatever. Uh, but no, I think I think that's awesome. Uh, is there anything? Thanks. Is there anything that you want you know the you know the city to know or you know about you know what what you guys are doing here? Is any anything you want them to know as far as type of you know, other than to come visit you? Obviously, because that's what, yeah, that's what we want. Sure. But, uh, I mean, kind of something. Obviously, we talked a couple different things about what sets you guys apart so far. Yeah. Uh, as far I mean, this idea right here with a with a longer bar is is brilliant uh, in my opinion. And then also partnering up with, you know, other, uh, you know, Water Street Pizza, doing things like that. But is there anything else that you guys have going on that you want people to be aware of and kind of get an idea? I mean, I think, I mean, I'll start off just with, uh, I mean, not just us at Mojave, but just Water Street in general. I mean, we're trying to get Water Street to be this new, new happening place uh, for, you know, families and, you know, people to come down and hang out and be safe and, you know, get good beer, you can get good Mexican food over at Wands, you know, there's two breweries down here, you got us at Mojave, you got Love Lady Brewing down here, um, you know, Water Street Pizzeria, you have Sunset Pizzeria, you've got the Gold Mine, you have you know, Cuckoo's Cafe, you know, the Pacific Diner, there's all these cool places down here um, that I think a lot of people don't realize are, you know, are, are open and, and doing business or we're here to begin with. Because uh, Water Street has always in the past kind of been not so what it is now and what it's becoming and what it's turning into, you know, the Silver Knights coming. And I guess we just want people to know, like, we are here. This is Water Street. and We are growing and we are big. You know, we're, we're becoming we're becoming a place. And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of what we want to know for that. So it's awesome. Yeah, you sort of stole my Because <laughs> I was going in that direction. Hey. I, I, you know, we... We in Mojave Brewing, you know, the Mojave Desert is, is a place where dreams came true for my family. And, and I know it happened that way for Nate and his family as well. So when we have this space here, and, and I, I hope that, you know, the city recognizes that we, we want 
a community here, a group of interested and, and like-minded and friendly people that enjoy spending time here. And, and I really think that we're making those strides. Um, and it's just a great place to hang out. <laughs> I still get thunder. Right now. It's hard. It's hard. That's why I jumped in first, just in case. But you know, we obviously we talked about it multiple times. It, it really feels a community sense already at, at such a young young age uh, of of the, of the brewery. But uh, you can tell that's what you guys are, are wanting to do yeah. and why you made the, the choice to come down here. So I'll I'll go ahead and back you up. Oh, not that Thank one, to everybody. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, all right. Now we know uh, kind of what Mojave's about. Now, the most important part: how do people get here? What, what is what is the location of brewery here? Well, um, if you're driving from downtown, like our beer exit 23, you take exit 23 <laughs> yep. to Lake Mead Parkway, yep. and drive down and take a right turn onto Water Street and drive up and. Look for and and look for the old Bank of America sign, which is soon going to turn into Mahabi the Mahabi Brewing sign. <laughs> so you said that's where we're at. One hundred seven South Water Street, Suite One Hundred. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. And then, are you on social media? Anything like that? Absolutely. You guys, uh, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. We're pretty active on all three. Um, so yeah, you can just uh, you can look up just Mojave Brewing. It'll it'll pop up. So please follow us. Absolutely. Uh, you, you guys know. do like releases and stuff on that. Like hey, there are new this. New yeah. Day. So you know we try to post uh, every day, every day <laughs> as as much as we can. Just to let people know, hey, we're still here, and you know we need new beers coming out or you know events. Uh, you know because you know what's going on in the community as well. We try to share other people's stuff that's going on in Water Street. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nate, Griff, thank you so much. Cheers. I appreciate your time. And uh, everybody come out, grab yourself a Cheers. Cheers. Have a hobby. Cheers, guys. Hey, thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and please leave a comment. If you'd like your free copy of Four Ways to Leverage Your Existing Real Estate Business or to apply to join my team, go to the Retired Real Estate Agent dot com for your free growth path.